Welcome to Business Done Differently, the podcast about challenging the status quo, creating fans first, and changing the game in business. I'm your host, Jesse Cole, and it's showtime. Hey guys, pumped to share this podcast with you today. This was a show I was on recently, the Podiatry Legends podcast with Tyson Franklin. I am not a podiatry legend, but we got into some really cool things that are applicable for any business. I shared the five E's to create an extraordinary experience. I talked about how to create a frictionless experience and make it remarkable for your customers. How to think about your 2.0 version, why speed matters and how we measure different metrics with our team. But most of all, I shared how to stand out in 2021 and map your journey to create remarkable moments. Why we need to stop being boring and start standing out by reimagining what you do for your customers and your team. So it's fun. It's fast paced. So buckle up and I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin and welcome to this week's episode of the Podiatry Legends podcast. With me today is another legend who is not a podiatrist and you are going to love this bloke. His name is Jesse Cole. He's the owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team and also the author of this amazing book, Find Your Yellow Tux. I have him right in front of me and he looks just like the cover of his book, which is fantastic. Jesse, how are you doing today? I am fired up to be back with you, Tyson. It's great to talk with you and have some fun. That's right. You were on It's No Secret with Dr. T a while back, and your energy and just how you think on that particular podcast, I've listened to it a few times. It gets me fired up, and I thought, I need you to talk to the podiatrist, because I reckon reckon once they listen to you, they're not going to see the world the same way again. That's a lot of pressure right there, but I'll do my best. I'll bring energy. I'm just a crazy guy in a yellow tuxedo who was forced to think differently, So, uh, and I learned that it works well, so that's what we do every day here in Savannah, Georgia. What made you decide to think differently? Because it's not something, I don't think we're just born to think differently, but at a certain point, we notice everyone's doing really boring shit. So then we decide to do something different. Yeah. Well, I was forced to. I think the biggest thing that holds back innovation is success. You know, so many of the dieters here have been successful. You know, they have a good practice. And so why would they change things? I didn't have that luxury. I didn't come into a good baseball team. You know, before there was even the Savannah Bananas, there was a team in Gastonia, North Carolina, that only had 200 fans coming to the games and $268 in the bank account my first day on the job. It was failing. (laughs) And so I quickly realized by talking to people in the community that there was some serious friction that people didn't like baseball. It was too long, too slow and too boring. And they didn't like the experience. And so I had to ask myself, what business am I in? But what business am I really in? And I would challenge every single business owner, no matter what industry you're in, to ask that question. Because often you may think you're in this business, but you're in a completely different business. And when you reimagine it, it makes it very easy to change the experience. And Tyson, for us, like, we're not in the baseball business. We're in the entertainment business. Yeah. 5,000%. And, and I would challenge actually every business, even doctors, that the definition of entertain is to provide enjoyment and to provide amusement. Doesn't everybody want to be entertained? And so yeah. we got to question and don't just think what we do is what we do. And then look at what are all those friction points in our industry and try to change them. And I was forced to. And as you know, I was sleeping on an airbed. I had to sell my house, empty out my savings account. We had serious challenges to try to overcome. But once we did that, we've had some success we never thought was imaginable. So do you still have the Grizzlies now? No, we sold that because Savannah became so big. So the bananas became bigger than we imagined. After only selling two tickets and running out of money and selling our house, we've now sold out every single 
single game, have a wait list for tickets in the thousands, and are now taking the show on the road and taking it to new cities and playing year round. And it's really become a huge, huge operation that we're very fortunate. So what came first? You loved yellow? (laughs) <laughs> and then that's what became the Savannah Bananas or Savannah Bananas in Australia. We'd say bananas, bananas. but yes. bananas sounds so much better. What came first? Yeah, what came first? The love of the color yellow or the name? I don't know if I necessarily love the color of yellow. I love standing out. I love what it means. I love what it stands for. I love giving people permission to have fun. The yellow tuxedo is my uniform. And when I put it on, it means it's showtime and I'm on stage. (laughs) You know, that's what it means. You know, I mean, for me, really, I think the greatest leaders learn from outside of their industry. Oh, definitely. And I learned, I mean, that's why, I mean, I'm fortunate you're having me on a podcast, which, you know, I I have never talked to many podiatrists. Like that's not my specialty. (laughs) But the reality is I don't talk to many people in the baseball industry. I learned everything when I first started from P.T. Barnum and Walt Disney. They weren't in the sports industry. They were in the circus industry, the, the showbiz industry, the entertainment industry. That's where all a lot of my ideas came from. And that's where I still learn today. And, you know, I think once you get outside of your bubble and start branching out, that's when you can come out with great ideas and put that into your field. And that's how you stand out. There's no one in baseball wearing a yellow tuxedo and a top hat. You don't dress like that. But I'm an owner. And if I dress like that and say, you know what, let's have fun and give our staff permission to have fun and give our players who dance every single game permission to have fun and give our male cheerleading team, the Mananas, who are now referred to as the dad bod cheerleading squad oh no the mananas the mananas if i give them the permission to have fun then all of a sudden that's what it's all about so yellow kind of just came in, into play and it obviously fits very well with the bananas well i must say you look good in yellow can't, <laughs> you can't say that about every person like like i'm a little like i said it's early morning here so i reckon if i had yellow on i'd look really sick <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's bright that's the one thing i look about it and you know before covid and the challenges with the states and, and all over the country and i was traveling and speaking a lot. I'd wear this tuxedo in the airports and people are like, what is wrong with that guy? People be taking videos and pictures, but most people, they'd smile. They'd laugh. They think it was silly. I think it's hard to take this too seriously. And I think sometimes we as leaders, we take ourselves too seriously. Take your work seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. Be able to experiment, have fun, joke around. It goes a long way and it helps connect with your audience, your customers, and your people. Yeah. And I think, like I said before, the reason I wanted to get young, because I think podiatrists sometimes have got these blinkers on thinking, mm, I have a medical degree, I have a you know, bachelor of podiatry, whatever qualification they have with podiatry. And there's this like box that they put themselves in. They put these blinkers on. They try and think, I must act professional all the time. But they don't realize, yes, people do come back for good podiatry treatment. Yeah, if, if you're getting bad treatment, doesn't matter what color tuxedo you're wearing, it'd be like going to a baseball game. If it's boring as shit <laughs> and it's bad, the person running around in a yellow tux is not going to change things. So no. I think podiatrists need to learn to it's an experience when people come to their clinic. It's what is they experiencing from the time they arrive to the time they leave? What are they going to talk about when they leave the podiatry clinic? It starts with a different lens. And so you got to look at it a different lens. And yes, professional, I understand. Medical, there's there's a reason for it. And again, they've been successful. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I don't know anybody who comes home at the end of the night and says, honey, I met the most professional person today. Oh, he was so professional. <laughs> uh, really, really professional. They don't say that. They talk about how you make them feel, the unique experience. What was different about it? What was fun? 
what stood out. And so we realized that we need to be remarkable. When we didn't sell any tickets, we only sold two tickets in our first three months in Savannah. We had to stand out and get remarkable. And so the way we did that is we said, how can we map the experience? So every touch point is remarkable from when they first buy tickets to when they're coming to the ballpark, to what do they see when they first walk in to even our bathrooms, which are 1926 stadium bathrooms, which Tyson aren't that nice, but we found ways to make them remarkable. And I can share some of all that, but when you think about your customer journey, is it the same as everyone else? You make your appointment. There's friction points to making your appointment. It might take for a while, might take a way to get through. You know, you show up, you wait, you fill out a form, then you wait some more, then you sit, then you wait, then they take care of you. My doctor might only see you for a few minutes. You know, that whole process, is that remarkable or is that friction? And that's why we think the five E's to create an extraordinary experience starts number one with eliminating the friction. That's number one. And I would challenge everyone to do a friction audit with your own experience. How many points of friction are there for your customer? Put yourself in their shoes, not just from you. That's what and, and are you saying that's from whether they're ringing, calling your clinic and making an appointment, how easy is it? Or if they're booking an appointment online? Yes. Right through to can they find a car park? How easy is parking? When yes. they walk into your clinic, do they have to go up a couple of stairs or is it? They know where to go. Yeah, do they, they know what to say? Do they have to push yeah. open a door? Does the door open automatically? Just all these obstacles, even before they've even seen one single person in your business. You know, I mean, there's a reason why Amazon is dominating in the world. And because Jeff Bezos says his number one thing he's focused on is customer obsession. And they, they had the first one to invent the one click. You know, they said, how can we make it so frictionless to buy and so easy that you can literally buy something with one click on Amazon? Yeah. What's your one click experience at your office? What is that one click that it's easy? If they're trying to buy, trying to book an appointment, put yourself in your shoes. How many steps does it take for you to solve their problem? Mm. And we look at whatever business, we, even as crazy circus baseball team, we're solving a problem. People need fun. They need joy. They need to feel like they're a part of something. How quickly can we get them where we're solving their problem? Or is it like, all right, I got to pay for my ticket. Oh, there's a, there's a ticket fee. Then there's a convenient fee. Then I can't find parking. Then I got to pay for this. Blah, blah. It just keeps going and going and going. We try to eliminate that so it's frictionless. And we do it by going undercover. And every night, someone on our staff goes undercover. And we literally put ourselves in our fan shoes. I park with the fans. I drive. I walk in with the fans. I sit with the fans. I eat with the fans. And we write notes on all the friction experiences. Yeah. And I, I challenge a podiatrist here. If you went into your experience right now, would you go home and say that was remarkable? Or would you say, eh, it was fine. Fine is the F-bomb of customer experience. <laughs> all right. If you deliver just a fine experience, you may be out of business in yeah. five yeah. or 10 years. And there's a reason why Disney is still flourishing years after Walt Disney passed away, because he was in search of friction every single step of the way. He said, Whenever I go on a ride, I'm always asking what's wrong with this thing and how can it be improved? How many times do we go into our business and say, what's wrong with this step and how can it be improved? I used to to have staff members constantly complaining to me because I was always changing things. And they go, but it works really well. I said, I know it works really well, but it may be able to work better if we try this. And we do it and we'll suddenly go, it works better. A couple of months later, I'm going, I'll be making another change. And go, why are you changing? I said, because it could be done better. And your practice from one year to the next year is never the same practice. It is an ever-evolving beast that needs to be tamed a little bit. And the question is, how much does your staff look at that or just say, you know what? That's fine. We're doing a good job. How much do they push the envelope? And I'll tell you one thing, like Tyson, 
Every single fan who buys a ticket or merchandise from us, we call and thank them. We call and say, thank you. It's crazy. There's thousands of people. We spread out spreadsheets. But when we had an intern start with us last spring, I said, first day on the job, I said, what ideas do you have? He's like, what do you mean? I go, well, you've been a fan. You've been to games. What ideas do you have? You've been through this whole process of interviewing with us. What do you have? He goes, well, I think the thank you calls are pretty good, but they're not that fun. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, they're kind of just boring. You thank them. And like, that's it. I go, well, what would you do to make it better? He goes, well, I thought about this. He goes, I'd make it a wrap. (laughs) He goes, I'd make it a rap. I go, what do you mean a rap? He goes, a rap, you know, where we like rap a thank you song to them. I go, rap? And he goes, yeah. And I go, his name's Austin. And I said, perfect, Austin. I go, uh, you'll do a rap by the end of the day. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm kind of awkward. I'm socially awkward. Like, I'm not going to be good at this kind of rap. And I go, perfect. You'll be Austin, the awkward bananas rapper. And literally (laughs) all day, all day, he's writing down and working on a rap, literally like nervous out of his mind. And at four o'clock, Four o'clock on his first day, I walk into his office. I say, all right, Austin, it's time to make a rap. Someone had bought merchandise. And he calls, the person answers, and he goes, hi, this is Austin, the Bananas Awkward Rapper. I'm here to fill your day with fun, joy, and laughter. I hope you enjoy your merch. Thank you so much for this perch. And he gives this ridiculous rap. At the end of the call, the guy goes, huh, thanks, man. And he turns to me, he goes, that wasn't bad. I go, of course not. I go, we just had fun and we tried it. And the reality is he started making raps and that was a better experience. And now because people don't answer their phones because of unknown numbers, I often, when I call, I'll actually just do a video. If they don't answer, I'll say, hey, this is Jesse Call from the Bananas here at the stadium. Just want to, and I send a video to them. That's an enhancement. So yeah. what's your 2.0 version? What's your 3.0? What's your 4.0? Often we get stuck on the 1.0 and think that it's good for a long time. And that's when you lose customers. Yeah, well, we were talking, uh, I was talking with a group of podiatrists. I, I got this group. I started this group coaching program called the 12-Week Podiatry Business Reboot. And one of the things I did in there, I said, you're trying to connect with other health professionals for example, and you want to get referrals from them. But just sending them a letter saying, hi, I'm Tyson. I have a podiatry clinic. I'm going, that is boring. So I was showing them how they could use, it was a program called Loom. I said how you could use that program, shoot a video, send an email to them with a link saying, hey, I'm Tyson Franklin. I've set up this clinic here. Just thought I'd shoot this uh, quick video just to introduce myself. I said, and the video is you saying, hey, how are you doing? Telling them a little bit about yourself. You might show them a little bit about your clinic. The reason I liked Loom was once they watch the video, Loom sends you a message to say they've watched the video. And I'm thinking, it's just do things different. See, see the, the challenge here is that boring was acceptable 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. We yeah. didn't know any better. But what's happened with the speed of entertainment, the speed of attention, the speed of distractions, we are constantly getting noise in front of us. So if you're boring, good luck breaking through that noise. <laughs> yet, that, yet that's the way we accepted it back. You know, we could just, hey, we could be a podiatrist. You know, we could have a retail, we could have a restaurant, we could have a store, and we're just in business. We might do a few ads here and there and we'll be okay. But if you are boring throughout your experience, you will get left behind. And I think business owners don't talk about boring, just like you did. You can say, you don't need to be a crazy personality like me in a yellow tuxedo, but look at your business. Do you want to go have a beer with your business? Is your business fun enough that you want to go hang out and have fun with your business? Or is your business like, eh, he kind of just shows up, doesn't really bring much to the table, doesn't have great stories, doesn't have a great experience. Picture your business as a friend. And do you want to hang out with that friend? And that I think is key. Look at all those experiences. What does your business add that value points that actually entertain you? That's I think that's a game changer if you change that lens of how you're looking at your business. Yeah, I saw a really good quote recently and it said, it was talking about business, it said, the big don't eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. 
And I went, that is just brilliant because I've seen that not just in the podiatry industry, but other businesses with big companies and everyone's going, oh, those big companies are overtaking all the small ones. And go, no, it's not the big companies overtaking the small ones. It's mm-hmm. the fast companies that are taking over the slow companies, the ones that aren't willing to change. So there'd be podiatrists listening to this now who have already turned off or they're thinking about pressing stop right now. I don't need to listen to this. This is rubbish. I am a health professional. I don't need to do anything different. But there's younger podiatrists coming through now who'll be eating this stuff up saying, yes, that's exactly the type of podiatry business I want. And they're the ones, they're the ones that are making the fast changes and the slow guys that are just sitting there are going to get devoured. You know, I couldn't agree more. And I think the great Herb Kelleher, who ran uh, Southwest Airlines, and he was interviewed by a reporter when he first started out. And he said, well, talk about your business strategy. And he said, our business strategy, it's called doing things. (laughs) As simple as that, because he realized that by doing and learning, and by doing things more and more and more, that would lead to speed. Speed it would lead to better decisions, would lead to moving faster than the competition. And often, especially now, we sit back, we wait, we watch. We're too afraid to jump in the deep end. We'll take baby steps here after someone already went in. And that's when you're left behind. And I think you're right about, you know, I, I agree. A lot of this maybe doesn't work in the medical field. But what if it did? What if it made you stood out? What if it made you stand out? And yeah. it can be, I mean, I'll, Tyson, I'll give you an example. We changed our invoices this year. Everybody has invoices. Yeah. You know, the reality is every pay point is a pain point. When we start looking at every single time that we pay, that's a pain point. No one likes to pay for anything. But what if you made it fun? What if you made it different? So when your customers, when your clients, when your patients buy from you, how much friction is involved? Or can you make it actually enjoyable? And so we ask ourselves that question. And here's our invoice. Congrats. This is your day. The day you've been waiting for. Today is the day you get to pay. You may think you've had days like this. The day you bought your first house. The day you bought your first car. Or maybe your first all-inclusive vacation. But nothing is quite like bananas payday. So pull out your money order, savings bond, Bitcoin, gold, cash, credit card, or check. And make that payment like we know you can. We believe in you. This is your moment. Now seize it. Your life will never be the same. Love, Jesse Cole. So is this their membership for the year? So yeah, when someone buys tickets, if they buy, yeah. Yeah, if they buy season membership for the year, they'll receive that. Or if they do a group outing for their company, they'll get that. Or if they book me to speak for their company, that's something they would, I mean, that's how we do it from the bananas. And it gets chuckles. It makes paying a little bit more palpable. That's the right word. I hope it is. <laughs> well, I have seen that we used to, with our receipts and invoices, we'd send out and we'd have something pre-printed on the back of it. So that, but it wasn't funny or amusing. Maybe now, thinking back now, it would have been good if we had to put a funny joke on the back. Yeah. But we used to promote something. We'd promote a product or a service or something we were doing. So instead of, they'll get the invoice anyway. Well, they'll get the receipt anyway. Why not promote something that we were doing? But to go back a step about doing things differently, I used to have my guitar sitting in my consultation room. Anytime a kid came through, they'd always, if they played the guitar, they would say, oh, do you play the guitar? I'd say, yes, I do. I'd say, do you play? And they go, yes, I do. I go, when you come in next, I'll block out an extra five minutes. We'll have a little bit of a jam. You show me something, I'll show you something. And he goes, okay. So I used to have these kids coming through and we'd play sometimes for 10 minutes afterwards, just play the guitar. And I remember my wife saying to me one day, that kid will never let his parents take him anywhere but this podiatry business. Yes. And that will stick in his memory for the rest of his life. He will always talk about the podiatrist that used to play the guitar with him. 100%. It's those moments you remember. If you think back as a kid, those places that you went that made you feel special, that you did things that weren't normal, those yeah. stand out. How does your office, how does your business do that? And we, you know, we all have just a handful of those. I remember a few that 
you know, I'll never forget. How do we create those moments? You got to get out of the box and say, you know what, we're going to do something that some people will think is crazy. And uh, Jeff Bezos said, you have to be willing to be misunderstood. <laughs> All right. People will misunderstand you. I get misunderstood every single day. The bananas are misunderstood every day. But what's crazy is, you know, team that's misunderstood. We have more followers on TikTok than any major league team. Yeah. So more than the New York Yankees, Chicago Cubs, Boston Red Sox, because we're playing a different game. What happens is we often always play the same game and companies are focused on best practices you know, within their industry. The key is to focus on next practices and get outside the industry. And that's where you get misunderstood. So going back, you said the first thing was like eliminating friction. Yes. And you said there were five. Yes. You want me to go through them? We better go through them because if some- Because some, I know some people, yeah, especially in the podiatry, because we're very structured with what we do. If you said five and you only give me three- I will get phone calls. <laughs> uh, yes, well, we don't want that to happen. Yeah, I knew, usually do the whole five in a, in a full, you know, virtual keto. But here's so the one is uh, eliminate friction, and yeah. on that you have macro friction, and you have micro friction. Macros industry level to us, baseball's too long, too slow, too boring. Yep, and you get nickel and dime. That's why every ticket for us is all inclusive. That's why we have nonstop entertainment. Micro friction are things like your voicemail, uh, how you come into your office, invoices, all those little pieces are micro friction. Number two, the number two E, entertain always. Again, definition of entertain is to provide enjoyment or provide amusement. How do you have entertaining touch points throughout the journey? And we map it from the first time they buy on our website into the video they get to, you know, after they leave the stadium and what happens as they're leaving the ballpark. That's completely mapped. Number three, huge, especially now, experiment constantly. And uh, I know I've been a, a Jeff Bezos quoter today, but he said, our success is a direct function of how many experiments we do per year, per month, per week, per day. So I challenge podiatrists, listen here, how many experiments are you doing this year, this month, this week, this And this day? is just testing different things with the patient or with their business. Just try something a little bit different, see what reaction you get. If it's negative, then don't do it again. A hundred percent. Our rival- our rivals, the Macon Bacon. That's our rival baseball team. So in our men's bathrooms, we put Macon Bacon urinal cakes. So our fans are literally peeing on our rival. And we just tried it. And then <laughs> a few of the urinals. And our fans started laughing hysterically. We heard about it. So we just bought recently Macon Bacon toilet paper. And we're selling it for $10 a roll. Fans are buying Macon Bacon toilet paper. Wild. All right. Again, it was just an experiment, but we tried to make it fun. What are yeah. those experiments? And we have big ones. I mean, we're challenging the way the game's played. We invented a new game, Banana Ball. And we played in two hours. We played it in front of fans this year. And fans loved it. They didn't leave the ballpark earlier. We started showing games on drones and miking up players and letting fans vote for who was going to pitch during the game. That was all big experiments we all did this past year. So three is experiment constantly. Uh, four is engage deeply. And that is a huge opportunity. Because the reality is when you look at most businesses, they barely engage at all on social media. If anybody talks about you, respond back. If they say something, respond back. And the question is the engage deeply is when you can actually take it a step further. And if someone says something really kind about us on Facebook, I'll grab my phone like this and I'll do a personal video to them and say, wow, that really made a difference. And that's the second step of going from literally, hey, I'm talking to you, we're engaging in a conversation to actually engaging in a deeper, more close relationship, a meaningful one. And then the final one, empower action. Empower, empower, empower. And I think when I look about this, you know, I think we are so afraid to try things and test things because we're afraid of, you know, failing. And that's what it comes down to. And I think empowering action, we have to look at how do we let our customers a part of the experience? And that's crazy, but we let our fans determine our shirts, our jerseys. We let our fans pick our team name. We let our fans pick our mascot. How can you involve your customers in your experience? 
Yeah. Hey, we're coming up with this. We're doing this. We're Hey, we're thinking about this for our lobby. We're either going to have massage chairs, a putting green, or this. What would you guys <laughs> like to see most? And that's not only an entertaining and eliminating friction, but now you're actually empowering them to be involved. And then you can engage. So there's ways that we ask questions to our people to get them part of the whole process. That's why we let our fans pick who was going to pitch during games this year. That's crazy in baseball standards. But now they take ownership. How do you get people in your you know, clinic or your office to say, I want to wear their merchandise? You know, imagine podiatrists, people like, I'm rocking Dr. Joanne so-and-so because I love her experience so much. She yeah. let me do this. I'm a part of that. You know, if you had merchandise where people actually buy it, they only buy it if they believe in the brand. And I believe that's how you follow the five E's. You eliminate friction, entertain always, experiment constantly, engage deeply, and empower action. You do those fives, good luck. You're going to have people talking about you. You're not going to spend money on marketing because you're going to have a remarkable business. I think this is why I enjoy talking with you so much because I'm thinking on the same wavelength, except you're on steroids with the thinking (laughs) (laughs) legal steroids nothing illegal going on but it's just especially when you talked about that number four engage deeply and i was doing a a marketing workshop and we got onto the social media side of things and i said put your hand up if you follow your physiotherapist on social media i said oh okay what about who follows their dentist uh anyone here got a proctologist they'd like to put their hand up for i said okay so what makes you think your patients are going to want to follow you. I said, because podiatry is boring to them. It's just something they went to, had a foot problem. They saw you once, twice, three times. You fix the problem, they left again. Why do they want to follow you? I said, so what is it about you that's different to the other podiatrists down? Do you have a unique skill or do you love scuba diving? Are you a runner? Do you do magic tricks? I said, can you bring that into your social media pages? So people want to follow the magic tricks. They want to be entertained or they want to be educated in a different way. Then they're going to start following and they'll tell their friends. Yeah. Or maybe also inspired. Yeah. You know, I, I keep seeing, I see the picture behind you with all the feet there. And I know it's kind of a fun picture, but I immediately think about like, you know, leave only your footsteps and about take the path that no one else takes and all those really powerful quotes that are needed to be able to walk. You know, you need to go to take, you got to take steps. You got to walk. You got to, you know, there's so many inspirational quotes, like your feet are so important in a way that if you could think deeper on what that brings, you know, there's ways that you could be like, man, you know, this doctor inspires me. I think bigger than just get my feet fixed. You know, yeah. I, I, I need a problem. I'm like, he makes me think about what I can do and the power that I have and be grateful for what I am. Like, that's powerful. And I think you just got to relook at, you know, who do you want to be and what's that impact you want to make? And yeah. uh, I think it could be a lot of fun. And I would love to see some podiatrists really thinking differently and not being afraid when their first few decisions don't go over that well. <laughs> well, yeah. I remember before we well, press record and I said to you, yeah, our my podiatry clinic, instead of having consultation room one, two, three, four, we themed every consultation room with superheroes. Yes. And I remember when I first came up with the idea and I was at work and I said, got this idea. We're going to theme each consultation room. In fact, we're going to theme the whole clinic with superheroes. And what was funny is when I first said that my whole team that I worked with went, I love it. And all of a sudden, everyone got behind it. And whenever a team went on holidays, they come back, they bring back a calendar that had the superheroes. We eventually were having patients coming in who would notice that's what we're doing. And they'd bring us yeah, little ornaments or something that related to that particular room. And I remember one particular patient sitting in the room saying, I think this is silly. I said, what do you mean it's silly? She said, I just, I just think it's silly. I said, come on. Every single person has a superhero they like. Said, no, no, I don't. I don't. Not at all. I said, you must have one. Okay, the Incredible Hulk. I think he's pretty cool. So 
it's just everybody relates to some type of superhero because they see themselves in that person. It's, it's so good because what you touched upon that I think very few companies are touching upon is how do you become relatable? Mm. And, you know, right now, what do you stand for? What do you believe in? What are those things you like? You know, get outside from the office and share who you are. You know, in the States, when we were dealing with, you know, lockdown and shelter in place, our entire team got behind the camera and literally in front of the camera and started doing cooking with the bananas. And we literally took it into each other's homes, our whole staff. And we cooked and we literally did music videos, dancing with myself. And we did music trivia and we got to know the people, the brands that stand out in the future. We're going to be able to connect with them. People brought you gifts and things because they knew what you were about. Yeah. Do you know how many people send me P.T. Barnum and Walt Disney? And my son has been sent three yellow tuxedos. He's two years old, three baby yellow tuxedos because we're out there, we're having fun. And I think people want to be able to connect with each other, but you have to give them a reason to connect. If you're just promoting the same things, hey, if you're having foot problems, come here. If you're having this, come here. No, talk about things that you may not think doesn't matter. To other people, it does because it makes you relatable. And relatable and familiarity and connectivity is going to be the key as we move into 2021 and beyond because that's who we want to do business with. Mm. Because I remember... I was talking to a friend and he was a, a guy that introduced me to, oh, and before I get, get on to that, I just want to point out the quote on the back wall here. It says, yeah, your next connection be, could be the one that changes your life. The reason I have that on the wall is because I think also podiatrists need to step outside of podiatry. Not all your friends shouldn't be podiatrists. You shouldn't be inspired just by podiatrists, except the Podiatry Legends podcast. That should be inspiring you. But it's meet people and get to know people outside of the industry so you can be inspired. But just like how I met you through, we've never met in person, but it was through social media and mutual friends that we had. Uh, I think it was Jason Pfeiffer, actually, and Jeff Peterson. Oh, yeah. That uh, that I connected with you. But yeah, this friend of mine in Perth that once again had never met, met him through social media, but eventually I was in Perth and caught up with him. And he introduced me to the whole micro storytelling mm-hmm. where you're just sharing a little bit about who you are, what you like over a period of time so that after a number of years, your patients think they know so much about you, but you've only shared with them what you want them to know. They don't know your deep, dark secrets and your skeletons in the closet, but... <laughs> but they know more about you than the guy down the road. We all need to have a voice. And the challenge is we think, well, if we're going to talk, well, it's about us. No. Every time you talk, it gives people permission to find ways to be able to connect with you. It makes it easier. So I think the more we need to have a voice, we need to share it. We need to share what we believe in, what we like, what we love, what we're a part of, anything. And I think that makes it so much easier to connect. And I know, uh, you know, back in the day, I haven't talked about this, but back in the day when I was single, I would go out to the restaurants and bars. I would wear funny outfits. You know, I'd wear funny outfits, just like crazy shirts, you know, wild things. I'd wear just bizarre stuff. And people would come up, people would come up and they would start conversations with me. And I think about how hard is it sometimes at a restaurant or bar to go up to have a conversation with someone when you don't know anything about them, you don't know how to connect with them. Give them permission to connect by doing something, sharing something about yourself, doing something a little differently that gives them permission to connect. I love when fans come to our games with crazy banana hats and you know banana accessories and wild outfits because immediately I want to go talk to them and I want to compliment them for doing that. It builds a rapport. Yeah. And so I think we need to be able to jump outside of our shell and say, you know what? I'm going to have a voice. I'm going to share more this year. 
And then that'll just, it's not about you. It's about the other people. And I think that's what we need to take, give ourselves the permission to do that. I think we have so much in common. I remember when, when you were talking about, yeah, wearing loud shirts, when, uh, at university and we would if I walked past a material shop and there was material that might have had Goofy on there or Daffy Duck or just some crazy cartoon character I'd buy the material I'd go to my mum who used to do sewing mum make me a pair of shorts she go what I said I need a pair of big baggy Goofy shorts and I'd go out and I'd wear my Goofy shorts and I'd wear them to university and people would just go my God, I can't believe you're wearing them. Who made them for you? Can I get a pair? And eventually you had, it was surprising how many people wanted a pair of my goofy pants or my Bugs Bunny shorts or my Porky Pig ones. And even to this day, I still will wear shirts that you probably shouldn't wear in certain places. <laughs> but it's fun. It's but it's fun. It's different. You know, I did, I did all my shopping with my friends in high school at Goodwill. We got like, you know, the Burger King shirt and the Cracker Barrel vest and, you know, Lion King shirts. We got the weirdest things we could get because it was fun and we wanted to have more fun. And I think uh, all of us could use a little bit more fun these days. Yeah. I remember when I was in Disneyland and absolutely loved it. Happiest place on earth. Mm. And I had two goals when I went there. I wanted to get myself a goofy shirt and I'm going to get my photo taken with Goofy. And many ticked both of them off the list. But I remember when Goofy turned up and all these kids started lining up and I just, I created a different line. I said, sorry, kids, but the line actually started over on this side. All the kids piled around and went to the other side. And all of a sudden, I'm in front of the line. And my wife is going, you pushed in to get a photo taken with Goofy. And I went, yes, I did. I'm sorry, but I just had to do it. But I think when I was talking about the sharing things about yourself and you said that once you start doing that, you're, like you said, your customers start coming wearing banana hats and they're starting to relate more to what you're doing. I do think patients will do exactly the same thing. And I've even noticed that even with the podcast, most people on the podcast know I like hamburgers and I actually have a big photo collection on my phone of hamburgers. And I got a message just as last night from this podiatrist, Jason, and he sent me a message going, I'm on the Gold Coast. Can you recommend any hamburger places? So I think it, it is the more you put yourself out there, the more people re- can say, I relate to that person. I want to go back there. And it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, I, I didn't start talking about my childhood and the challenges I had and my mother's, you know, drug problems and all of the issues I had back then as a kid till recently. And once I started doing that, people started connecting more deeply with me. I realized that one thing I still haven't done, you know, I love craft beer. I've, I'm a big craft beer fan. I love it. I love it for so many reasons. And I've hosted beer festivals, but I've been afraid to share too much of that love because, you know, should I have a beer or should I be talking about this? And, you know, it's who I am. If I enjoy craft beer and eventually I'm going to start a Savannah Bananas Brewery at our stadium with specialty (laughs) banana beers, if I'm going to do that, then I need to be talking about it and not be afraid. Some people think, you know, you're a leader. You're supposed to be a role model. You shouldn't be drinking beer. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's who I am. I don't cuss, you know, where some of the leaders that, you know, they cuss and they swear all the time. I'm not that. So I think sometimes you just have to give yourself permission and do it and don't think it's the end of the world if you do get a little criticism. You know, I don't think anyone who did something really special or really epic wasn't criticized. Yeah. And I think even when when you're talking about the beer and yeah, and your past, yeah, it's not something. And that's when I was talking about micro storytelling. When I give that example to people, I said, look, you don't say law and order. Most people have seen the law and order TV show. You might have detective stabler. I said, now in the first episode, they don't say, oh, hi, I'm Detective Stabler. By the way, I've been married twice. My wife hates me. My kids don't talk to me. I have an alcohol problem. I used to take drugs. I was arrested when I was 14. Now, he doesn't just blurt that all out in the first episode, but over a number of seasons, yeah, you yeah. learn a little bit about him so that like over a decade, you go, wow, this is his story and you can understand the character. And I think 
podiatrists need to do the same thing is you share a little bit about yourself over a number of years and your patients. It's all about that whole get to know, like, and trust you. Yes. 5,000%. I mean, we're on the same page. And, you know, again, the way to do it is small bets. Just put a little bit out here. You know, you just put a little bit and see what happens. You're going to realize it doesn't hurt that bad. You know, you get, a little, get a little wet, get a little messy. It won't hurt and, and try it. And I think, you know, if everyone had a goal for 2021 to be the year of experiments, how many experiments can you do? Quantity leads to quality. If you only try two new things in 2021, there's a good chance both of them won't work. But if you're constantly trying new things, you're gonna be like, wow, this made a better experience. This made my life better. This made my life better for our employees. You know, that's why we challenge. We don't evaluate our team based on their revenue and sales. Every quarter, we evaluate our team on the experiments that you're doing for our fans. We talk about the the fans' first moments. That's what we're talking about. What are you doing to create those? Not what are you doing to bring in revenue? And that's a byproduct. And so, you know, that's what I challenge people to do. Try some new things. Yeah. Have you ever heard the Red Queen hypothesis? No, but I'd love to. So the Red Queen hypothesis is all about, it's not that it's about different organisms in nature competing for the same space. So therefore, that's why I like to say turtles, for example, there will be a thousand eggs will hatch, but only one in a thousand turtles will actually survive to adulthood because they're competing against so many other organisms fighting for that same space. So if every turtle lived, we'd, the seas would be full of turtles. We couldn't handle it all. We'd be killing them ourselves. And yeah, and in the forest, trees and all, they're all fighting for the same space. And they said, when it comes to having ideas, a lot of people say, oh, I'm not creative. I don't have any ideas. Okay. It's not the case. What it is, is we have so many options available to us. Mm-hmm. Old school marketing, online, there's so many different social media platforms. What we're going to do is throw the ideas out there, kill them as fast as we can if they're not working and move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Kill them as fast as you can, move on to the next one. And the other part of the Red Queen hypothesis is all about if you're standing still, you're falling behind. So if you're not constantly pushing yourself to move forward, if you think, oh, I've made it, I don't need to do anything else. Like if the Savannah Bananas just went, we are now successful, Jesse Cole can just sit back and smoke cigars and drink craft Pretty beer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then your competitors will catch up. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're standing still, you're actually falling behind. You know, at the end of every one minute boost I do every week, I say, stop standing still, start standing out. I've been saying that for years because it's true. And I think when you talk about creativity, everybody's creative, everybody. Yeah. But right now, fear is beating the crap out of creativity. And it's, it's the fear of the failure. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of what people will think. It's fear. And so if you can grasp your fear and put that down here and let creative creativity rise above, you win. Mm. So I think it's the fear. We have to look at like, what are we afraid of? And often I ask, well, what's the worst case scenario? When we came out with making bacon toilet paper, or when we played a game in kilts, <laughs> you know, when we played a game in kilts, or, you know, when we came up with our grandma beauty pageant, or we brought a, a luchador wrestler as our intimidation coach on board, or we came up with our, you know, break dancing first base coach, what's the worst thing that could happen? And when you realize that, well, that's not that bad. And you realize that you're like, well, why wouldn't we try it? Because a lot of times the best thing that can happen is even bigger than you could even imagine, but we're so worried about the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are afraid of what other people will think. You yeah. know, they say they they're just they're so concerned what other people think, and what they don't realize is the other people probably aren't even thinking about them. So, <laughs> so they, they've got other things to do than sit there and think about what you're doing all the time. And even when I came up with, uh, I got a membership group for yeah. podiatrists, and I've actually got the shirt on at the moment. So you can see the shirt there, yeah, and it's the it. podiatry business Spartans. Love and it. and my daughter just went. Why do you call yourself Spartans? That is so ridiculous. I said, that is exactly what I was hoping you'd say. But the people who are in the group, we just prefer, we just call each other, oh, we call, we call each other Spartans. And they love it. They love it that we're, and the reason we're Spartans is because Spartans were unkillable. Mm. I said, and the idea is to get your business to a point that it doesn't matter if you try something new and you make a bit of a mistake, it's never going to kill you. 
It's just a mistake and you move on from it. Yeah. And what you're creating is you're creating belonging as well. We all want to belong. So when you're a part of something with a special name that you can connect, this goes yeah. back to everything we were talking. Everybody wants to belong. Do they feel like they belong to your business, to your tribe, to your people or not? And it's why that we're so fortunate. We're selling merchandise all over the world to people that have never seen us play. But because we share our voice over and over again, hey, we make baseball fun. We think baseball is long, slow, and boring. We are crazy. This is who we are. People connect with that. And they're like, you know what? I got to wear a shirt. What would it take people to wear shirts of your business? That's when you know you're creating that belonging, that connectivity. You're sharing enough of who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, and you're having fun. That's how you win. And I I think uh, we're still learning every day and failing and experimenting, but it's a fun journey because every day it's like, what's going to happen next? And that makes it exciting. So have you heard of, you would have heard of the game cricket? Yes, 100%. Yeah. And they did the, the, short, the shorter condensed Yeah, the team. Big Bash. The, the, so they have the Big Bash series. It's the same thing where test match cricket went for like five days and then they eventually brought it down to one day games, which totally changed the way the cricket was played. And then they started wearing colourful uniforms. And now they've brought it down to this thing called the Big Bash, which is just 20 overs a game. So it's a really, really fast game. Lights flashing, played at night. It's far more exciting game. But you've got your traditionalists that go, that's just not cricket. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? You know, you know what the answer to them is? Well, it's not for you. And the yeah. reality is we all we all have to be not for somebody. We are not for baseball traditionalists. We are for people yeah. that want to come on. And so I'd ask everyone, you know, who are you not for? You know, we actually even ask our people who oh, should not good. work for the banana. Yeah, yeah. Who, are who are you not, not for? Who are you not for? And be very clear. We right, we're baseball traditionalists. We are not for if you want a long baseball game the way it's always been and don't want crazy hijinks, you're not going to fit in here. I okay. would fit in. I would tell you right now, the next time I can get to the States and if I can get down around where your area is, I will be there and I will have my yellow shirt on for sure. We'll have some fun. And I'll tell you, at some point, I'm going to say it right here, we will play a game in Australia. We're starting our one city world tour this spring and we're doing it. We're doing it in Alabama, but then we're going to take the show on the road. And I believe more people need joy, fun, and we don't know how we're going to do it. We're not worried about that. We're going to do it and we're going to learn. We're going to fail. We're going to experiment. We're going to challenge. So we will come to Australia. I'm saying it here first. We will be there. We actually heard from people that wanted us to come to Australia this year. We heard from countless fans. And so at one point we'll be there and I, I hope you can make it. Oh, no. You let me know when you're going to be here. I will move things around to make <laughs> sure I'm there. So Jesse, I want to thank you again for coming on one of my podcast shows sharing your knowledge. Like I said, I, I could talk to you for hours. Your enthusiasm is just infectious. And just to remind people to get a copy of the book, Find Your Yellow Tux. It is a great read. And yeah, so thank you once again for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks for sharing and making an impact, my friend. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently, where we believe that challenging the status quo, creating fans first, and changing the game is the best way to grow your business. For more information about the guest and topics covered in this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com or shoot me a note at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.